Listen up, Gotham. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ooh. Hi, Puns, it's me, Harley Quinn. This is Batman. This is Robin. Tune into the Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast with Sammy Warmhands. With Sammy Warmhands. Although, Sam, you might think about changing the name. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic Podcast. That is our brand new intro, fresh off of Washington SummerCon. I just met Troy Baker and Tara Strong, voices of the Joker and Harley Quinn, along with our original clips of Kevin Conroy. And Lauren Lester, Batman and Robin, I chopped them all up into one. This is yet another instrumental from my old rap group with Evan called The Illusionist, beat by Web the Free Range Human, chopping up that Danny Elfman. Shout out to our season three sponsor, TNK Comics and Collectibles. Follow on shortboxed.com slash TNK Comics or Instagram at the Nando Knight. Today, Ben and Evan and I return to DC Black Label with Batman the Imposter. Okay, gang's all here. Ev's in the house. Hell, hell, the gang all here. Ben's in the house. Yes. Like, How do I follow that? <laughs> I can't. Uh, the next line is, leave your worries at the door, they're not going anywhere. Okay, I didn't know the song you were doing, so. It's Tropic Murphy's. Got it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have known that to begin with. That's a different band from Flogging Molly. But I also didn't hear any consonants, so. <laughs> it's a consonant. T. It's like a lot of countries make up one. <laughs> one big consonant. Wait, yeah, shit. Yeah. That's yeah. something else. It's, it's, a, a, it's a really consonant. big land mass. Is it a type of breakfast? Consonantal breakfast. Yes, yeah. got it. All right, all right. Today we're doing Batman the Imposter. Came out in 2021, written by Mattson Tomlin, illustrated by Andrea Sorrentino, colored by Jordi Belair. The Fresh Prince of Jordi yeah. Belair. <laughs> you know? Where have you been? <laughs> Lettered by Steve Wands, which bum, really should have... I hope he worked on a Shazam title at some point, because that would be a perfect name. Now, this book was marketed as sort of a loose tie-in to the Batman film, touting Mattson Tomlin as the co-writer of the script. Oh. But then when the movie came out, I mentioned this on our review a year ago, he wasn't credited anywhere. So I don't know if that's some Writers Guild shit or why, but since then, Reeves has announced that him and Tomlin are writing the sequel together. So, And this came out like a year before the movie did? Months, months. I would say. Okay. The hardcover only came out after the movie. I was buying the issues, I think. I think they actually dropped it like, They'd come a month apart, and then the following month was the movie. So I think uh -huh. intentionally it was a big tie-in, and then mm. when the movie came out, it was like, I don't see that guy's name in the credits. It's yeah. like, you guys really fucked him. You used him for your promo, and then fucking, oh, fuck off, though. You don't really count. There's tons of similarities, especially just in the style and the tone of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, though, if someone does want another tie-in to the film, Paul Dano's the Riddler year one is very good. It's ongoing right now. I think there's going to be six issues and there's three or four that are out so far. It closely ties into the storyline in the film. When you say that, you mean to say that it's his version? He wrote it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's About cool. his character. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Huh. He wrote an origin, which is very cool. He got a call from the DC studio head. They said, hey, would you like to be the Riddler? 
it's that kind of. Yeah, I was a scientist working on some uh, mind control television. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my exactly. boss was a jerk. <laughs> it's actually really cool. It's like he's an accountant. He's he likes smarter Sudoku. than <laughs> smarter than his bosses and stuff. And you know they're shitting on him or whatever. And so he's got a big chip on his shoulder. But then he sort of starts to suspect something is up. And you kind of watch as he uncovers all these things that he reveals later so if you're ever wondering like how did he know any of this shit though this is that story uh-huh. which is pretty cool initial thoughts on the imposter before we get into the story second page you're like hella blood and his mask comes off already <laughs> yeah. um, I felt like it was uh, going for a realistic version of this world I was put off a little bit at first uh huh not necessarily at the first page, but just the first little chunk because they're already revealing like there's no Alfred because Alfred mm-hmm. couldn't handle it. And again, in the more realistic way of like this is a nuts person, so mm-hmm. nobody wants anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. More realistic in that he he's not like badass ninja from the Himalayas, Batman. He's just like more like a dude. Which a they do guy. sort of mention at one point, yeah. but yeah. He did train not... with monks or they beat him up or something like that. But mm-hmm. He's still very early in it. Yeah. yeah. So initially, I was unsure of how to feel. You're like, this is like, this is old. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to make him crazy? We talk about him being crazy a lot, but you have to believe in him a little bit or else it just becomes like a Batman is bad story. I love this that you say that because there's always a great contrast between our reads on stuff. And there's elements of this that make him the most relatable mm. Batman and Bruce to me. So When they said he has no empathy? <laughs> yeah, that part especially. <laughs> So Dr. Leslie Tompkins is startled awake by a loud crash. Batman is sprawled out on her living room floor unconscious. She pulls back his mask, and the first full sentence of the book is, Bruce Wayne is Batman, and he's bleeding to death on my floor. Now, to me, I love it already. Like, wow, okay, this is the starting point. Normally, that would be the big reveal at the end or something. Uh And so we've talked before, I guess, about some stories i think it was i think it's earth one yeah oh, earth earth one, yeah, yeah. just like uh-huh. every other right. person either right. figures Jeff it out Jones. right away everybody in gotham them. knows that he's yeah, yeah. That, that he Bruce does that over and over until it loses all its impact but in this case it's like oh he's dying it's like bob trying to peel off the mask in 89 or something but he's got some kind of putty on him but uh much different context now she thinks to herself i should call the police the paramedics they would know what to do in fact He might even be better off in Arkham, the way he's behaving. But she remembers the horrible trauma that he's endured as a child because she was there for that, treated him. And she dials the numbers but can't hit send. And I like their relationship in this because she's opposed to what he's doing. She's trying to help, but she also can't bring herself to do what at her core is the right thing and bring it an end to it. Mm-hmm. I like that it's her because this is a kind of a standalone, its own universe story. Mm-hmm. This would be a very easy character to just be a new made up one. Yeah. Which would have been fine, but it's just nice to have it be like an, an already existing important Batman character. Yeah. Slightly retooled, but like still the right version of this character. It makes me wonder how closely this is tied to it because there are some things that are exact and then there are other things where it's like, oh, well, there's no Alfred in this one uh-huh. or mm-hmm. there's a panel of Gordon and he's white. You know, and so there's little things that are going, did you, 
were these planned together or was it just sort of like a timing thing or like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. this part elated me on the first read because it's maybe the only time I've seen Batman diagnosed in the story itself not some like think piece you know some article you see online or whatever mm-hmm. but she says acute anxiety obsessive compulsive disorder possibly on the spectrum and PTSD of course personally I'm batting three out of four there so I'm feeling pretty good <laughs> Right now, like, oh shit! What is acute anxiety? Heroes are just like me, just having anxiety all the time, oh. probably at, to an extreme level. Yeah. Sure. Leslie says, "Spectrum means he's gay." Which is <laughs> cool. Right. He's on the yeah, he, yeah he's uh, gender. He's a blue spectrum. on the rainbow <laughs> spectrum. That's funny. Leslie says, "You're welcome." When he expresses no gratitude for saving his life. She demands an explanation, and he describes a bloody botched robbery ending in a car chase and a body count. It was worth mentioning already. Like, we see him slash a motherfucker in the face. Yeah, that confused me. Like, wait a second. Is this the same dude or not? You know? Yeah. I thought, did he just slash that guy's throat? Yeah, it looked like that. There's no blood. No, like, maybe I'm misreading this. Maybe he backhands him, but he happens to have a knife in his hand. It's like a roll of quarters. You know, he punches him. Yeah, it just, just, adds it's, you just got to, yeah. to his knuckles. No, because it's like a samurai sword where the back side of the knife is just a big flat surface. Dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. If you struck somebody across the throat, it definitely wouldn't kill them. Totally. She asks if he came to her for help or for a place to die. He responds, either one would have suited me fine. Leslie demands an explanation, so he tells her about his vow and this quest for justice. He says that Gotham recently had its first night without a violent crime in 54 years. That didn't happen because of the cops or the DA. It's because of me. And with that revelation, there's a shot of him crying, (laughs) which I didn't even realize the first time I read this. The second time, I'm like, oh, he's like on that spire, and he's just crying at the thought of no crime tonight. Yeah, I Oh, you're talking about that negative space shot? Yeah. That's where he says this is the first time without crime. That's this right here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the inner cover of the hardcover. But then in the actual book, there's a little tiny shot of him crying underneath it. Wow, there is. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think that he's crying because he's so bored. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm already running out of people to beat up. This sucks. I should start crying. Yeah. (laughs) Leslie says the only thing to protect his secret is doctor-patient confidentiality. He must report to her every day at dawn or she'll call the cops and blow the whistle. Reluctantly, he signs. I want to go back to that shot, though, where it's the negative space when you're talking the about The crying. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just want to focus on him crying. What a... Oh, man. <laughs> I don't even say it, but Jesus. I believe pussy-ass bitch was <laughs> okay. on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, I yeah. There's yeah. some things yeah, I can Yeah, I mean, say, he suffers from a yeah. really intense case of acute... Pussy ass bitch. Being a huge pussy ass bitch. bitchness. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe I heard you call him a Nancy boy before we started recording. Uh, yeah. I said that walking in the door. Fucking Nancy boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in that shot, the one of the things that I always comment on, what I love about a version of Gotham, scale. Mm. And that this just kind of like carries off into the horizon. It's tall, it's big, it's dense, it's overcrowded. The perspective it, of it's neat. It reminds me a little of that Dark Prince Charming. Shot, yes, but that was all gray, and this has got yeah. a totally different color palette. And the city in Dark Prince Charming was a little more fantastic, a little more mm-hmm. kind of abstract and not real, where this just looks like a really disgusting, real city. Well, I know that upsets you sometimes. Like, I don't want to live in this Gotham. But the color is good. Okay. If it was orange, I wouldn't like this at all. <laughs> all right, Jordi Belair, well done. Yeah. Uh, I watched 
Dread again recently, and that's one of my favorite parts too, is these like mega skyscrapers are like the equivalent of a city themselves just up. They're yeah. like four square blocks and then 90 stories or something yeah. like that. That they, So you have this crazy scale where like, here's a regular building, here's a warehouse, here's a skyscraper, and then here's these things like... Oh my God. Yeah. Every every one of these is There's like a no world trade there. center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned Dread too, because that's another shit that's another shitty that city. That's another city that is very shitty. Yeah. But something about the visual characteristics of it or the color or something doesn't bother me the way I've complained about some of the other things. Or the one I always compare everything to, the city in seven. Yeah. Just like is miserable and disgusting. Mm. It's not which, even fun to Which look is like at. the perfect Gotham to me. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it sets mm-hmm. the tone right, but it's it's so upsetting that it disgust me to look at God, you're making me regret any... not buying that used at cd game exchange the other day because i saw it seven like, mm. it's a good movie yeah. yeah what's in the box great question yeah. allow me to show you <laughs> okay it's my dick in a box my dick in a box girl one next we meet detective wong she's called the wesker capital which it doesn't say at first i had to add that later after they say it in a future scene She's called the Wesker Capital as Mr. Wesker demands that Batman be stopped before the wealthy business community take matters into their own hands. Wong is quick to remind him that despite him claiming that he is Gotham, much like the Nightwing book we read with uh, Blockbuster saying the same thing, and that while he is a generous donor to the GCPD, he is a private citizen and she cannot discuss an ongoing investigation. Does it make you like a double vigilante if you're on a mission to take out vigilantes? Yes, now you're not a vigilante anymore. They cancel out. The layers. Plus rich people can do anything they want. Sure. (laughs) They am the law. Yeah, (laughs) Mies is. (laughs) On the way out, she shares an elevator with the man who is talking to himself. He calls himself, literally, Arnold. Wesker's complaint inspired... Wong to consider new angles. What if the Batman's destruction is some kind of cover for corporate espionage? Which companies have lost the most? Who stands to benefit? I like that. And that's an element that I feel like wasn't really developed in the story as we go on. And maybe it's intentional because maybe it didn't. But that is kind of neat if that's also an added layer to it that they just didn't really develop. I think it informs her angle and like what she's digging at. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's like a cool different take on like white knight stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about like all this property damage mm-hmm. and then this Wayne fund, but insurance fraud is a real thing. And probably massive companies do crap like that all the time, oh, yeah. you know, in yeah. order to like claim losses and stuff like that. So that's really interesting that. Want to say nothing of just destroying your competitor's stuff and saying like, totally. oh, the Batman did it. Well, she even mentions yeah, yeah. it. In the end of the book, I didn't include it in my notes, but it's relevant to this part. There's a rooftop scene at the very end of the story. As she's standing there waiting, she sees this damaged building across the street. It was like, oh, yeah, I remember this fucking bomber guy blew up this place and the Batman tried to stop him. And now Wayne Enterprises has got a $800 million million insurance claim on this building. And even in that moment, when she's made a decision despite her misgivings. Mm -hmm. Got that nagging like, "Ah, I still don't know about this guy, you know? (laughs) Back at the station, a task force is assembled to take down the Batman. They watch grainy, distant surveillance footage from 
quite far away, of Batman kicking three prisoners off the roof to their deaths. They each had criminal records and were let off when Dent, not Coulson for some reason, got tough on corruption and their cases were overturned. I bet this guy would draw an icky two-face. Ooh, yeah. yeah. This guy has some really cool page layouts and panel work throughout, but this part's kind of cool where it looks like a police badge. Mm. Like an upside-down police badge. I wondered what that... What You're talking yeah. about the one that looks kind of like a this, spiral this sort one, of thing? This one's right side oh, up. Oh, no, not that one. That one, yeah. yeah this one's, one's right side up, but then there's one a couple pages later that seems like it's upside down. Messaging. Yeah, it's creative, though. Imagery. There's some really... This badge is upside down now. Interesting. Whoa, dog. It's like turning the flag upside down. Yeah. Inside out. Whoa, oh, is, that, is that... Wow, it's like the first time that guy shows up. Terry Hatcher? Wow. Yes, Terry Hatcher. Beautiful Lois Lane Bald makes an appearance no in this universe. It's a little out of place, given the tone. But, but more than welcome. I'll take it. Is this Corey Feldman down here? No, it's Pita from The Hunger Games. Oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> or Pita from Pita. Uh, Family Guy. Family Guy, there you go. Yeah, okay. Pita. That scene was so good. <laughs> Wong remembers Wester's threat to, quote, do something about it himself. Something isn't right. She thinks of the mysterious zip lines and the dozen hidden motorcycles that have been found with a full tank of gas and no VIN numbers. I love this part. Another thing selling me on this is like a more realistic version of the stuff. I know that he has like grappling hook rifles, but those seem like single use things. Whereas mm. I get the feeling that like his grapnel gun is retractable or something. And he has like he, two he just, of them and he's shooting it from place to place. Yeah. And, uh, and has existing lines that he's just gliding on. That's, that's yeah. what I think is cool is that like he has a network. He has infrastructure. Yeah, he doesn't have expanding bat wings, so he doesn't have like a glider. He doesn't have this reusable grapnel gun. He has zip lines all over the city. That he had to go out and like set up and like fix yeah, the yeah. night before somebody and, cut them down. Or <laughs> like the thought that he it has to be at least a gradual decline. Mm-hmm. but eventually he has to get down to the ground and then like take an elevator to get back <laughs> up to another tall building because he can only ever go down-ish. No, you don't understand. Uh, you missed the spot where they show that at every bottom zip line, he mm-hmm. also has another one of those grapnel rifles stored. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. He, he really planned this all out. Totally. He just leaves those out for anyone to find. Yeah. The clock strikes 5 a.m. and then 6. Leslie has dialed 911, but again, has not hit send. When Batman arrives, she shows him the newspaper. He's convinced that an imposter is framing him to turn up the heat on the Batman. He spent all night punching his way to the truth. People are even more afraid of him now after the news. He enjoys their fear, but she reminds him that you can't be feared as a murderer and enjoy the same leniency that you've had from the GCPD. Excellent scene. Yep. This depiction of the Penguin looks dope. I like that a lot. This depiction of Batman... Torturing someone. And Black Mask is in yeah. that one too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, not, no, not yet. No, yeah. Black Mask is when yeah. uh, Wong is going to do her own investigation. Oh, God. That's, that's my favorite, though. That's I wish that was his like full time costume is mask, <laughs> Under- mask and boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Very realistic universe. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you and McGregor would have loved to play a scene like that yeah, in totally. Birds of Prey. But no, this is like one of two or three times where Batman is drowning someone. Torture doesn't work, guys. Two times he it doesn't work. Yeah. Hey, tell life. that to the cops. Yeah, no, they yeah. say it uh, 
That's, you either get bad information because the person is desperate for it to stop, yeah, or you get a useless version of the good information. Yeah, yeah, you get. Batman, to, what are you doing? That testimony is admissible in court if it went to court. And I was on a real Jessica Chastain binge last month. I had never seen Zero Dark Thirty. I finally got around to uh -huh. it. Yeah, and I'm like. 30 or so minutes in, and I'm like, damn, this movie is 90% torture. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Granted, it expands to other things, but I was like, God, this is dark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who thought a movie about a military assassination would be so dark? <laughs> I was thinking it's something yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, about Chris the Evans United States military. <laughs> that really was a rough... It really, was a really rough watch. I, yeah. I saw it for cheap on 4K, and I was like, oh, hey. No. No, I don't I think I wanted, need to see that one again. I wanted less picture. realistic. I returned <laughs> yeah. it, and then I got it on VHS. You can see the, <laughs> the desperation in his eyes as the sweat drips down his head after yep. being yeah. waterboarded. I can yeah. feel how hot that locker is. The Dolby Atmos sound makes the screams <laughs> that much more terrifying. Yeah. I'm going to watch Sicario, whatever. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. We're introduced now to a rat catcher named Otis, who seems tortured by the unfair hatred of rats compared to the violent nature of, say, dogs or humans, for examples. He is neglected, abused, even robbed. Taking a break on some ledge, he sees the Batman and offers to help, saying that he knows of more tunnels and ways to get around the city, much like your hidden motorcycles. It's a dude that nobody notices. Or the idea that they that because of that, people don't notice him, so he can go in all these places. He sees the city in ways other people don't. The scene is interesting, because as he's saying all this stuff to Batman, and, and also saying, like, are you here to kill me? And he starts crying. He's, yes. He's a very sad character. Yeah. But that Batman is not responding to him at all. Mm -hmm. Not even, like, reacting to him at all. Just staring at him like a fucking creep. Which is interesting, because both Batmans in the story do that. Yeah. So there's always an element of, which one is it? Yes. Oh, and Batman saved him, right? Yeah, that, and that's what he's saying to him. He's yeah. like, you saved him, don't you remember? Which we know is probably like the real Batman saved him, and now this is... Yeah. The this is the one. saddest part of the whole comic. Yeah, and this is a pretty sad comic. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it works. It's consistent with the overall feel of it. Yeah, I like sad stuff. <laughs> Cut to Wong's investigation of the Batman, basically getting all these doors closed in her face. I believe that was the Black Mask. Oh, yeah, uh, part the montage she of got all, something all the people face, right. that she talks to. Yeah, good one. Thanks. This is juxtaposed with Bruce's own investigation sitting in the middle of case files scattered around the floor. When someone knocks at his door, it's Wong. She asks if he has a moment to talk about in the Batman. That's the end of book one. I was reading these month at a time as they came out. Mm. I was very satisfied with this first one. Like, God damn, this is really interesting. I think by the end of it, my worries had gone away by the end of this first one of like, oh, how is this going to be too real? Am I not going to like the version of these characters? But by the end of this, I was into it. Not just that. I also, I think even at this point, liked Wong. Yeah. Which is for mm -hmm. a new character. That's Normally you just like, like Wang. Yeah. <laughs> Good one on you this time. Mm. But as I've complained about with other things, like introducing new characters to these universes is tricky. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this works. The character is just so slowly introduced and kind of seamlessly integrated into this world. Bruce, get. Anyway, book two opens with Leslie tossing and turning, feeling guilt that she failed Bruce as a child and might be failing him again now. In a flashback, she counsels a young Bruce after getting in a fight at school. 
I don't know why Leslie was in a fight at school, but that's the way I worded that sentence. <laughs> she because you got to pick easy targets. He's like, why am I here? You were the one doing the fighting. In addition to the previous diagnoses, she adds social withdrawal, lack of empathy, and oppositional defiant disorder. Man, this guy. Which I looked up that last one, also kind of relatable. <laughs> Explain it to me because it sounds like something that would hit home. What is it? When I did look it up, it was on a previous read, not this recent one. Okay. So it's been a while. Oh, it's good. more like it's the idea, if I'm just going by the words that they use, the idea that you're always like, fuck uh, you, fuck don't fuck tell you. me what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Dude, that, you're always that, in opposition to whatever's coming at you. You're always is, saying, no, you can't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. me uh, to my yeah. core. Well, yep, that tracks. <laughs> I'm cooperative compliant disorder. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say, sir. <laughs> yeah, whatever. A real yes, man. Alfred tells her that his rage is out of control. Again, not Alfred's rage. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do grammar good. You that, I know. It's like fucking, you'd think I was a writer. That no one on the staff will go near him except for Alfred himself. I'm not a parent, a teacher, a social worker, or a therapist. I'm a damn butler, he says. Young Bruce was sent off to a Russian military school, and Alfred resigned soon after. That's interesting because Alfred is always the dude who will never leave him. Mm -hmm. And this Alfred is like, this guy's too much as a seven-year-old. Yeah. This I, can't be a, I can't be a part of his life anymore. He's like, I will not go to jail for this kid killing somebody in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, you mentioned Earth One because I mentioned a wrong story. Referring to Earth One, but so this I'm has always a right <laughs> roundabout. <laughs> exactly. I helped you get there, exactly. and that makes me correct. You see, the reflection of my mistake showed you that. <laughs> but uh, that Alfred has a similar line, I believe, talking about like, I know I'm not your father. I'm your goddamn butler. I I wasn't, you know, I was thrown into this shit too, yep. basically. Oh yeah, this is simultaneously both more realistic. But also just different. It's just a different choice for the character. Yeah. Because there's no reason you couldn't have this guy also be like supportive. Yeah. And like a, a super horny. A positive influence. Wait. What? I don't know. It does inform his like how hard a time he was having even as a young person. And then also that means since Alfred hasn't been there, he's been like unsupported and in his head doing whatever he wants yeah, since like, then. They have all these yeah. resources to help out with manpower, mm. but he's the only one who's actually trying to connect with the kid yep. and being completely ill-prepared to do that. Yeah. And he doesn't even have like an angel on his shoulder. He's like a devil and nothing. Yeah, it's the yeah. first thing with no softening yeah. element in his yeah. life. He's like, this kid has no soul. Yeah. It's like the good son. Thanks for reminding me of that movie. Yeah, I hate also, that movie. yeah, that was a one. <laughs> it's that, bad. It's because it's no, That was a one distressing. and done for me. Yeah, it was. Mom, mom, it's me. For real. I'm grateful to not get the reference on this one. Okay. Oh, no? You, sh you should probably watch that. It's mentioned briefly. I just want to include this because it's more of a judgment on the city, but that after some years, you know, Bruce had gone away to military school and then he sort of disappeared and that people seemed more concerned about his inheritance and where that would go than they did about his well-being and if he was alive. Batman finally shows up at Leslie's. He's been later and later each day. She stitches him up, revealing the scars on his back in another Alex Ross homage. That night, 
He says he had hacked into Wesker's surveillance system, giving him eyes all over the city. There's some great beats in this scene, like finding Wesker had cut his zip lines, and he has to use a grapnel that looks like a harpoon gun instead. It immediately, just like the opening scene in Earth One, fails. He says, I came prepared. Fires it, misfires, and says, but why should anything be easy? So then he just walks in the front door, it looks like. Yeah, much like the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, is that Michael Malley? Is that the security guard? Michael Malley from uh, <laughs> yeah. Guts or whatever? Uh-huh. Guts, the Chuck Palahniuk? This is, that's no, the, the Nickelodeon that's the show. Mark Summers. Oh, yeah. got it. And he was on Yes, Dear, or that show was some CBS sitcom. This person stole Michael Malley's likeness and didn't pay him. Sir, your references are just not hitting me today. It's, uh, who did Wanted? Was it Warren Ellis? Mark Miller. The Angelina Jolie movie? The comic it's based on. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> because that one, that was another one where he just stole everyone's likeness. Like mm-hmm. Eminem is the main character and Holly Berry is the Angelina <laughs> oh, Jolie. Really? Everyone is just an actor and he just like... That's, that's funny. funny. Yeah. He takes out the security guard, but he's still able to trip the silent alarm when Batman leaves the room. These corporate security guys are actually impressive fighters. Which is believable. Keep coming back for more. Yeah. Like, yeah, that they would get, they would hire some Blackwater, like, ex-military guys for yeah. a place mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. At one point, he jumps out the window, and they catch him by the cape, pulling him back in, so he cuts off the cape with one of those sharp battering things. Which is maybe the first time or one of the early times of this recurring shot, which I love, of him having the little uh, throwable knife in his hand mm-hmm. on, like, his uh, middle finger, ready to do something with it. Yeah. And we see these where, at first, I wasn't sure what was going on, because he... He misses this time, or he doesn't hit the guy. Yeah, it's right by his head, like yes. Batman returns. But then it's not until later that I maybe think like, oh, he probably was not trying to blind all these other people. I mean, the guy at the beginning... Because we, did, cause we even, see him correctly hit that yeah, shot yeah, later. And, and why did he even do it, though? That's, well, because he does it at the beginning I, with the guy... Almost in the a con- warning shot. <laughs> he does it with the guy at the convenience store holding the gun. Yeah. And that, that seemed like he should have hit that guy, and he missed. And so I didn't know if the one at the end was maybe supposed to be more like, uh, yes, he finally... Made the jump across the building, like this book's version of that. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like hard to throw a knife third, that far. Is this like a third times a charm yeah. thing or something? <laughs> that would be really funny if. Yeah, was I, like I, a, I didn't get it. Like, I'm like the music lifts at the end when he finally pegs yeah. the guy in the eyeball. With the guy screaming. <laughs> like, well, like this, uh, yeah, <laughs> like an yeah. emotional cue. Like, yeah, oh, the, there's like confetti. You did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get so it. Proud. I, like, I felt like they were showing it to me for a reason. I thought it was going to be one of those missed. Like it blows up or yeah, something. Yeah, missed and then it blows up or something. So did I. Almost. But then I'm like, why, did it, why are you showing me this twice, mm-hmm. missing two times? Well, in this scene with the security guard, it almost seems like intimidation because he's already cut his cape and he's dropping, he's like dropped to the building next door and then he throws it like after the fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to like slice the guy's cheek. You know, I just watched, oh, I mentioned it on the Nightwing one, I think. I watched The Negotiator with Sam Jackson. Yeah. And when he, when he takes his hostages, it's of the police station, you know, mm-hmm. that's where he's doing it. So he gets swarmed by cops or whatever, and he takes a shot, like, through the wall at the guy at the highest vantage point who's drawn on him, you know, um, just by the guy's head and was like, that was not an accident. I will not miss the next time <laughs> or something like that. If we add some bit of dialogue to... Let us know his intention with those missed throws, you know? Yeah, yeah. It has to be that with this one. I don't think he would have tried to maim that guy. I want to ask Evan about this in particular. 
the uh, art wise hold all your questions until the okay. end. <laughs> <laughs> art wise the fight scenes are very interesting because he'll do these tiny little murphy panels yeah. but they're done in almost an x-ray way where you'll see a cracked bone on contact like it'll not be a separate image it'll be like a highlighted portion of the larger image mm -hmm. like an x-ray portion of the yeah, yeah yeah what did you think of those in those action scenes i love it <laughs> uh, i think um because you see a Murphy pouch did, on the batarang, yeah. or you'll see, you know. Murphy nice did some of that inside. stuff. The only thing it's missing is, like, I want to know how much pressure it, it <laughs> takes to crack this man's shin bone. You want a little PSI meter on yeah, each yeah. of these little things? Yeah, I need a gauge, some sort of gauge. No, he needs him verbally bragging and laughing about it. Uh, yeah, what's all the word bubbles? Like, <laughs> tell me what you're doing, man. I don't get it. Well, it's interesting for a sort of dense story that there's also these great beats of silence. Well, and as we're yeah. talking about these focal little focal windows, mm -hmm. I think that actually explains this knife throw because he throws it. The security guard kind of like turns his head and dodges it, and he's looking at it. And then when he looks back, there's a focal point of where Batman was, and he's not there anymore. Oh. So it's like a distraction. Yeah. Is that what happens in the beginning too? I'm gonna the take beginning, it maybe back. It was, you could say it was the same thing of like just to get the guy to point his gun at him to shoot him. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh, to take the focus away from the. The hostage yeah, behind yeah. the counter. I think uh, Takara, right? Um, Marcio Takara? Yeah. Is that what it is? Takara? I think. Yeah. Um, he also does those little oh. zoom-in boxes. and uh, yeah. I, I had noticed the that's, similarity. It's like a good way to fit the in-between action in, but the, I also do like the way that he highlights um, what's going on on the inside. Mm -hmm. And they're also, they're not even like basic shapes. Sometimes they're cool little like, exploding shapes mm -hmm. and then the color differentiation the the panel will be one color and then the box will be white or something yeah i yep. think it's interesting in this because everything is so dark and murky that it at least leads your eye you know mm -hmm. well that's what i was gonna say because both color wise but also some of the fight scenes they're they're really really good in this but they are occasionally hard to follow yeah so mm -hmm. little things like that help keep it moving like what am i supposed to be paying attention to what has happened since the last thing you showed me yeah uh you were right ben he in the beginning he throws the thing you were right ben <laughs> um, hey that's my shtick okay. making him say it again <laughs> uh, i am seeing me warm hands stroke my ego <laughs> in the beginning he throws the tool against the wall mm -hmm. and that creates the opportunity for the hostage to like duck out of the guy's arms mm. oh aren't we observant mm -hmm. all three of us missed that one on his way out, Batman finds himself in a room with Arnold Wesker. For some reason, he's a dude you just find yourself next to him. <laughs> he never walks in the doorway. I was like, oh, shit. How'd you get there? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's talking to himself again, but we see a puppet in his hands. The puppet urges him to talk to Batman because he goes after the bad guys. Timidly, Arnold asks if Batman will kill his father, saying that he's one of the bad guys. This is a cooler version of the ventriloquist. I feel like I talked about that. Yeah, before, I think when we like, saw the film, we were like, dude, we need a ventriloquist in this next yeah, movie. Yeah, because yeah. like, it's a dumb villain. <laughs> so somebody, mm -hmm. it's somebody's job to make him interesting and cool and darker. Yeah, I mean, he's a crazy person. He's a perfect yeah. crazy person. Yeah. Like a Joaquin Phoenix version of the ventriloquist would be awesome. Yeah. I like that you get both sides of him simultaneously. Like if you were privy to... Two-Face and Harvey, 
at the same time, like if they were often yeah. going back and forth. I like that that's what the ventriloquist mm. can be, where the ventriloquist is so different. In the cartoon, he's polite and timid in this old guy. Then the doll is this mobster with a scar on its <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah, you know? I see. Yeah, that's I, dumb. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's campy and fun, but it's yeah, also I'll, dumb. Yeah. I like what you mentioned, though, with Two-Face, because they do a similar thing in this, not with the lettering, but with the text boxes. They get all mm. scratchy and weird when oh. he has the Scarface puppet in his hand, because in the other scenes, he's just talking to himself, and he has nothing. Yeah. Like, Blair Wong is looking at him at the side of her eye, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But in this scene, it's sort of a little more apparent that it maybe has a distinct voice at this point. Like, it's growing in him. Well, mm -hmm. and the first time you see the puppet talking, it's on Arnold's face, and his face is, like, dramatically different mm. than it is when he's himself. He's making, like, a weird expression, nice. talking out of the that. side of his mouth. Tell him what he did to you. This guy's forehead reminds me of watching, like, Iron oh, Monkey and Kung Fu films where they, <laughs> where they shave, like, the front top of their head. <laughs> <laughs> to look as cool as me. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of Asians in this book. And before anyone... Makes a joke. ...says, yeah, anything, I like that. Stop this, Asian hate, yo. This is a... Uh, it just gives this Gotham a, its own distinct flair. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they have a lot of Asian Americans in the city. And it's not a like, thing. why wouldn't you? It's yeah. fucking New York, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's Ohio. Leslie is very interested asking Bruce, how did you react to this guy killing, uh, to this guy asking, would you kill my father? Of course, Batman didn't say anything in the scene, but it's here that he says he misses his father, but he wasn't always kind. And that people don't always like you when you're the son of a rich family. Perhaps her... Lack of empathy diagnosis was no longer true. We're seeing him actually feel something for this fucked up guy who's kind of a nobody. And also this, this universe just has to be as grim as fuck. Yeah. His parents were just murdered. One of them was like an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Leslie asks, what happened with your detective? Or are we calling her Blair now? Picking up from the end of book one, Wong is at Bruce's door. He invites her in saying normally his lawyers would handle legal matters, but I don't have any coffee. But However, I do have 800 pounds of chai tea or something like that and asks if she wants to come in. Why in the world would you have? What I was thinking is chai? 800 boxes, 800 cases. No, pounds. Do you know how pounds. much a pound of tea? Yeah. Oh, my God. And is that on like a bunch of pallets? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Just in one of the rooms? How? Yeah. One huge bag. <laughs> Yeah, he's just got a giant scoop. <laughs> it's like when I take the cat food out, you know, <laughs> scoop a little off the top. And then uh, Jeremy Irons Alfred comes in and says, no, you don't want to burn the tea. You put it on in this order. <laughs> you ignorant. <laughs> Jane, oh, sorry. Jane, you ignorant slut is what was going through <laughs> my mind. That was a genuine. Jane, you ignorant slut. That was a genuine anyway. slip. She comments on the vast empty space to which he replies, I'm not big on butlers. Wong said that she believes the Batman has a wealthy benefactor. And judging from the motorcycle tires, she needs to take a closer look at Wayne Enterprises. So even though earlier the whole corporate espionage thing wasn't really followed up a lot, it led her to this. Like mm -hmm. if she just saw, oh, and the tires are this brand, that might not have meant anything to her. But she was already thinking, these big companies, how could they relate to mm -hmm. the either 
insurance payoffs or the rivalries, you know, attacking each other. That was already fresh in her mind. So then she sees this and goes, oh, well, there's got to be something here. And Bruce welcomes her to do so, claiming no involvement in the company's operations. Hey. Bruce. Stop eating pretzel bites. He's chewing on headphones. <laughs> I need to throw those away. Those are old. Second half chili dogs. Oh yeah. Hey, chili hey. dogs. <laughs> I'm gonna get a spray. <laughs> I like this scene a lot because this view of his home, in addition to some of those other shots, like where he's looking at the clues on the floor. Mm-hmm. All the visual parallels between this and the recent Batman movie. Yeah, like that scene with the Riddler clues on the floor, yeah. and mm-hmm. despite these being very different. It doesn't in any way feel like, oh, I already know this because I watched that movie. But like visually, it feels like I've already been in this world. It's weird in how close it is and how different it is. It's sort of like, what am I supposed to think between these two projects? And I like that on the same page with the I'm not big on butlers, the top panel shows this cool, like could be part of a library or something, but it's borderline colorless. Like a nice-ass mansion would have many, many colors in it. Uh, and this looks, and yeah, this looks like barren. Yeah. His world is drab. Little cobwebs and shit. Yeah, exactly. You can see that there's sheets on things. It's probably super dusty. You know, he has all this space and it's like falling apart. We're we talking about Bruce Wayne or me. Yeah. I was I gonna say, we're attacked. talking about this room now on no. <laughs> <laughs> my dusty displays. Bruce learns that Wong's parents were also murdered and decides to get closer to her. When oh they my first... God, we have so much in common. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> when they first meet, she brings it up right away, but he deflects, making her feel bad, saying, no, I mean, we both dropped out of Yale and lived in Brazil for a while. Like, total dick move, but you sort of see the way he's playing her. Embarrassed, she lets her guard down, and the layout of these two pages is confusing to me. I had a hard time following. It's going diagonally across two pages, and My mind could follow it. Yes, your keen the intellectual one, superiority. Yeah, visual was acuity, not oh, spatial awareness. The one with the gargoyle spiral. No, this one. Oh, okay. I think it might be easier on a digital page like that because I'm looking and there's a page break. You know, it makes it confusing. So there's a there's a fold right there. So I'm like following Dan and going, well, yeah, no, technically it goes starting. this way. But there's no left to right the way you would just read. Sometimes it's more top to bottom. So even though one thing is well, just that's the right thing because I'm right. following. I'm following then go to the bottom. No, that's not it. And so it's, it's like, actually like oh, yeah. a, If it was a two-page, then you'd actually be crossing over into the second, back to the first, yeah. and back yeah. to the second. Yeah. But it, <laughs> yes, it's, it's left to diagonal lower right and then back up again, which oh, is weird. Again, this just gives me like nightmare flashbacks of reading collected editions of comics of pages like this and like <laughs> yes. everything in the middle. What you, am I missing? Yeah, you have no idea what's going on in the middle of this. Yeah. Well, look at those beautiful birds, though. They're <laughs> really, yeah. Embarrassed, she lets her guard down is what I was saying. She followed in her dad's footsteps, becoming a cop after he was killed. There's a great moment here. Bruce says, I'm sorry about your parents. And she says, it's okay. Which he immediately dismisses saying, no, that's just what we say to people who don't understand. Like, you're talking to me now. I fucking get it. He asks her out to dinner, provided that he's not a suspect, of course. And they continue to bond over it looking over each other's scars in bed that night. When I talk about wanting romance in these stories, this is yeah. a perfect example of it. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, I don't want like literal rom-com stuff or things like that, but just like 
there's a chemistry a between human connection. Them. Yeah, there's like you believe that they would be connected to each other. You believe there would be interest there. It's not you're not being informed of this. You're being shown it like, with the dialogue. Neither mm -hmm. of them is fully showing their hand, but at the same time, they have this real deep connection yeah. that he couldn't have with another person. Mm -hmm. An actual interest in each other that neither can like completely deny. Yes. Also, when I say there's a lot of Asians in this universe, I want to go back to that. So, <laughs> some of it, I just think, is the character style. Because like at the bottom of that panel we're talking about with the diagonal text box, Bruce Wayne in this looks like he does it somewhat times. Asian. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. maybe he is supposed to be in this universe, but I think some of that's just the design style, which is cool. I, like I noticed that he looks exactly like Pattinson in some panels and then not in mm -hmm. others. She says that she dreamed of seeing her parents kill her dead and felt nothing when it finally happened. She just wanted to make sure that it never happened to anyone else. They're basically the same. Mm -hmm. When she's asleep, he thinks to himself, I'm not proud of what needs to be done, but the mission is all that matters. And he sneaks over to her laptop, copies all the case files from her computer, because he needs to know, what do the police know about the imposter? Turns out that nine of the 11 victims were convicted by the same judge. Batman interrogates the judge and realizes it's his own fault. When Gordon discovered that five judges were being paid off by the mob, he was discredited for working with Batman. Gordon was basically run out of town and the judges never saw a day in prison. The imposter is trying to make things right for Batman's own mistakes. Because not just that, those things happened, but then also all those cases got overturned and all those criminals were re-released into society mm -hmm. or released into society. So... All of the casework was invalidated, but the judges stayed in power. Yeah. It's so, the worst case scenario. Yes, everything is worse than it was. I also like that Gordon isn't here. Like, they were previously working together, so he did have some support, but, like, he doesn't have Alfred. He had Gordon but lost Gordon. Yeah. And who knows how much time has passed, but now he's just, like... He hasn't adopted any orphans. Yeah, yet. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. He doesn't have any company. It does make me wonder, kind of, when this occurred, and again, how much it does tie to the film, because you, you sort of get the impression Alfred was just never there from the day that he left. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is different than the different yeah. universe entirely. Reading this though made me appreciate One Dark Night and some of the other black label stuff. Black labels at the correct term. Mm -hmm. Yep, African American. <laughs> oh, yikes! Sorry, I really oh. threw you off for that one. <laughs> Because I can imagine, like, even the ones that I like less, reading these all in a day. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it's spring break or something, and this is the first day of my spring break, and I woke up in the morning, and I had breakfast, and it's a sunny day, and I'm going to sit down and read Batman comics for 12 hours. How fun it would be to, like, wow. live in each of these little yeah. unique, serious, mm -hmm. interesting interpretations of the character and his world, yeah. all separate from each other, mm -hmm. yeah. as opposed to, like, 12 hours reading four years of like sequential Batman comics yeah, or something. <laughs> Sitting down reading Nightfall from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. That has a different experience than this, but these are like little, almost like an anthology series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking of Black Label, the only thing that's different to me about this is look at the size of this book. Oh, it's small. It's mm -hmm. the one out of, I think, all of my Black Label that's a regular modern comic proportion. I wonder why they chose to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if maybe maybe it was originally not going to be on Black Label or something, but yeah, everything else is the magazine format. So Even in the hardcover. Even the hardcover, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, like all, my floppies for this, they're regular size comics too. I mean, obviously they're <laughs> longer, but... 
My floppies. You like my floppy. Yeah. Wong returns to Wesker Capital following up about the Batman break-in where we talked about him beating up the guards, going to the surveillance to hack it. Wesker's hand is bandaged due to some unseen altercation with his son Arnold. It's mentioned but never shown. Wong requests access to his surveillance records so that she can figure out what Batman is looking for. Elsewhere, Batman sees Otis, the rat catcher. I believe it's Flanagan, right? Otis Flanagan. Yeah, I think she sees it at the same time. Yes. She's looking at the surveillance. Batman, also looking at the surveillance, sees the rat catcher van entering a sewer tunnel, heads across town to question him. I like that. It makes him seem like peers. I yeah. love in, in all that of way, the, the yeah. whole like back and forth. She yeah. didn't go to Asia and study with ninjas, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's sharp. And she's driven. a good detective. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a little bit like Ellen Yin from the Batman cartoon. A bit. Who was like really fucking on the same page in terms of the investigation. And they'd be showing up to shit at the same time. Yeah. Wong beats him to the scene though and takes him down to the station, takes Otis. On the drive, Batman crashes her car. This is an awesome shot of like a smoke bomb getting closer and closer to their front windshield. Not like there's a side windshield, but you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and, Rear windshield. Uh, and crashes the car. When Wong gets the drop on him, he does not surrender to his lover, but offers a Chuck Norris roundhouse kick to the gut. Surrender to your lover. Never. <laughs> I just want to say that move, a bunch of people could have died. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you shoot a smoke grenade at a car driving yeah. on a busy street. Yeah. Run over some pedestrians on the sidewalk, crash into other cracks cars. Cracks head on the steering wheel, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kind of irresponsible. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Bo Doom before. Bo Doom. Bo Doom. Yeah, there's some interesting I think uh, it's usually BA. lettering in this one, the automatopoeia. Bo, Bo Doom. Yeah. It's like when someone dies in the Hunger Games. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Alone with Otis, Batman asks, who is the imposter? Confused, Otis can't tell them apart and asks, why would you treat your friend this way? Why is he torturing a I civilian? Know, this guy's so why, is, why, is this his, why is this his go-to? Why doesn't he just ask him? He knows. Well, one, he doesn't even connected. recognize this guy and they actually had an interaction in the past. He saved him. Yeah, he saved him. He has a very identifiable face. Ugly. You mean ugly? Uh, hey, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, God paints with different brushes. Not everyone's the same. Right. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, I have that on my fridge to remind me every day. <laughs> I, I went to see Nikki Glaser last night, and she was talking about like how you know aging and Hollywood doesn't like older women or whatever. And, and she's like, but there are some things that are just objective. Tall, short, fat, skinny, beautiful, Ugly. Like, it just it just is. It's a fact. I'm sorry. She was talking about how all the pretty people get the advantages, you know. But that's where my brain goes. I'm like, come on. You could say he's, you know. He has a character face. He's not going to be. He's a character actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need a weird guy to play like a killer or someone that somebody thinks is a killer and then turns out not to be. Yes. You're the guy. Yeah. What's your tragic supervillain story? I was born ugly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there are moves in this story that show he still has some grip on his humanity, but that when it comes to the case and trying to stop this killer, he's still just consumed by it. 
Everything yeah. else shuts off. Being tortured like this, especially when you're already kind of tortured by the world and the people around you. Is really erotic. <laughs> okay, you finished my sentence. You always <laughs> like the torture. You <laughs> always like the no, torture. what I was going to say before you so rudely interrupted me, like the rude what? fucker you are. I'm, you're. What? Well, if you're not speaking, I can't interrupt okay, you. Okay, that's my thing. <laughs> oh. That's my thing. Don't steal mine. I steal yours. No, I was going to say is doing this to someone who's gone through those kind of things might lead someone to, you know, like kill themselves later. Hmm. So. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Your hero who saved you is now torturing you and drowning you? Yeah. Way to um, not foreshadow anything. Yeah. And you don't know anything about anything? Back at the station, Wong is caught in the evidence room with an arsenal of weapons. She says it's time to go to war. If this was Christ, comma, instead, I would like that. Like a question. Christ, you <laughs> planning to go to war in Jesus' life? <laughs> well, what's a... Uh, in the name of the Father. Yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> in uh, Super Troopers, he's like, somebody toss me a gun. <laughs> Spread it on. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, Cheech Marin in Machete. He plays the, the, the priest with the shotgun. In Sam's favorite movie series, Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I just want to get lifted. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got you to gotta let the guy try this. Did you get wasted last night? Hey, oh, man. Yeah. So fucked up. Yeah. Like, I couldn't I could even tell. drive home, but I, could, I did anyway because I, I was so you. cool. Yeah. You weren't home the whole time? <laughs> Home is is a figure of speech. He was I was in, in my hometown. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> More foreshadowing in this. And I don't know. I think at this point, I... I prefer three shadowing. It's no. not quite <laughs> as on the nose. Yeah. I think at this point, I was. I had a pretty strong belief that it was a cop. Mm -hmm. Not literally in the scene, but like even earlier than this, having that idea. In but, terms of talking about the, the like all the corruption and how he kind of fucked everything up. Yeah, and, and who, who would be able to do this, who would be able to operate at that same level. Mm -hmm. And and the idea of that like maybe Wesker is behind this in some way, like putting someone to do it. Yeah, I mean, he very clearly says like, I'm going to fucking do something about this if you don't. And the next day the dude pops up. Yeah. Or that night or something. I mean, maybe I had a hunch that it was Hatcher, but I didn't, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm sure it's him at this point. But there's a really nice you know, spoiling what we're going to get to, the very last panel of this is a, just a shot of his face, like his forehead cropped out and his chin cropped out, but just his mouth and his eyes. And we see the imposter Batman over and over like that, like just a shot of his face and you see his mouth, which mm -hmm. looks different than Bruce Wayne's mouth. Mm -hmm. And we see many, many shots of Hatcher, just his face in that pose. Which is weird because I actually had to go back. I'm well into the third book and... Batman says his name, and I was like, hang on a second. Have they said this fucking guy's name before? And I had to go back and like, okay, they said it once in book one. Okay, they said it once in book two. But like, he's such a background character that I was like, uh, I have Otis. I don't, I don't have yeah. this guy's mm -hmm. name. <laughs> it's, it's not quite a Columbo thing where like, Columbo gets to the end and solves the mystery. And it's like, well, I would have never guessed that because Columbo appears to know things that you didn't show me in the show. Yeah. And you're pretending like, oh, if only I was smart like Columbo, I would know. Yeah. It's not quite that bad, but maybe they could have had him be a little more forefront. But I think they did a pretty good job because just the constant reiteration of like, this is GCPD's most skilled and hardest guys and his yeah. willingness to break the rules, his physical Well, they size. mentioned mm -hmm. when she first says his name, she's looking at this new task force through the window. She's like, oh, this guy from this district, this guy did this. 
uh, fucking Hatcher, who I thought was on suspension. They don't say why. Uh-huh. So the, there's l- little tiny breadcrumbs, but there's not a lot of connective tissue. But that face. And I, the other thing that's tricky about the face is because this art style is sort of abstract a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. not in a bad way, but sometimes it's just like the same person's face looks different scene to scene. Yeah. But that smile on that mouth is really, really distinct. The teeth of it. And to be clear, Hatcher's the one behind her in the evidence room that yes. she says this to. We're going to go to her war. partner. Her partner in this case. Yeah. Big bald gorilla guy. Yeah. Book three opens as Otis is interrogated by police for his relationship to the Batman. His face is badly injured and seems despondent that his friend, Batman, wouldn't recognize him and that he'd go as far as to hurt him like this. They really beat the crap out of him. Yeah, that's severe. Yeah, he didn't even just drown him. That's after the attempted drowning. He then punched him really hard in the eye. Yeah, what a butthole. I don't see where... I don't see the problem, guys. <laughs> yeah, what's the... You, you, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Hatcher comes in and gets in Otis's face. He's leaning over the table, leaving his holster exposed. Ooh, I didn't notice this before. This, like, panel in the background up here is like a rat in a cage. Oh, oh that's, that's cool. cool. That is cool. Yeah. The art behind the art. Whoa. Sorry. Otis says that he helped Batman because he was killing all the bad guys. And that sometimes, Otis would give him the targets. Uh, Quickly, he grabs the officer's gun from its holster. He points it at his head, saying, I just wanted to do something good, and pulls the trigger. I wonder if it's protocol to take firearms into interrogation rooms. I I bet not, but... I don't know, because I've I've seen that type of thing. But here's... What I didn't think of when I first read it, but in reading it again now and knowing what we know about this character, he doesn't want this guy to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's inserting himself into the room when he's already being interrogated, interrogated by someone else. Yeah. So he wants to be in this room to get this guy to stop talking. Yeah. So it's my opinion that he was intentionally leaving that opportunity for this guy who seemed very erratic. and I had that feeling too, but that just seemed like such a huge risk that the guy wouldn't just shoot him instead. Although maybe he just like analyzed him. I'm sure he could take a gun from that guy. Yeah, and also that this, twice guy, his size. this guy is not a killer. Yeah, That's not like what his goal would be, but still it just seemed Yeah. Yeah, this, guy's, this guy's sad. He's not, why would he shoot me? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was just something that crossed my mind of like maybe he's just reading the situation and going you know what? I'm going to give this man an opportunity. Yeah. I got to shut this down. And maybe he wouldn't take the bait, but in this case, he did. Elsewhere, Bruce tells Leslie that Otis spoke of Batman's underground lair hidden behind a waterfall. He's narrowing down the hunt for this imposter. Before leaving, he admits that he hurt Wong in the chaos. (laughs) Calls it the worst thing he's ever done. What about... All that stuff he just... <laughs> Which I love because... Yeah, yeah, what about... He doesn't know man. that he just beat this guy and led him to kill himself. Uh-huh. He doesn't know this, but we have established that he got Gordon run out of town. You know, he lost the chance to put all the way... Put, to put away all these corrupt judges. All these criminals were set free. You know, obviously just devastated this, this man. But we know a lot of this as a reader, and he's still saying like, this is the worst thing I've done. And I believe, again, 
in the same way he related to Arnold Wesker, it's because he so strongly relates to Blair that it's more like hurting himself. Like, I have to do this to escape mm. and to protect the mission, but because he sees himself in her, it's really hard to hurt that person. Because he's like, oh, I get why she does what she does, and oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. What's that uh, Katy Perry I wish I could go song? Back and punch that guy in the face more. The Katy Perry song? Firework. Um, California I girls. kicked a girl and I liked it. <laughs> There's got to be something about, didn't she say chapstick? You can rhyme like ass kicked or something. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're close to whatever. Yeah. yeah. Not a freestyler, guys. Batman scours the tunnels for hours, and the book flips over like the Court of Owls to show Wong reflecting on everything that she just learned. Either Batman has a psychotic break or there's more than one Batman because this behavior is inconsistent as hell. Again, another way of illustrating that they're both looking at this case at the same time from different angles. Literally different angles. Yeah, just a beautiful shot. Ben and yours on the digital, did it give you like a two-page that mine goes from like kicking, mm-hmm. you know, and then instantly goes into like a, a two-page of the stuff that you see later? Maybe yours is just uh, like busted. Maybe, but then here it is again. Do you have a collected edition or single issues? Collected. Because these are single issues. Maybe that, that seems like a, an error. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going from there to there. I was like, how, how, but what, kicking her flashback? This and is then, how the actual book does it. Yeah, no, there's yeah. an actual, it's, like, it's added a, if you look at his. Oh, I don't even know if I have that. So his goes from this scene, and then it skips all the way ahead yep. to this. Oh, and I don't even have those pages in between. So it, like, skips all this what? little stuff. Yeah. Maybe they, they I, were like. And I don't have what's before so that. So you, you don't have this overturned thing at all? Nope. What? Oh, wow. That's yeah. one of the coolest Yeah, yeah, look at, it goes kicky. Yeah. Then it makes a two-page spread. But that's here. I know. So, so you're ahead. skipping like four. And, and then it goes back to belaying down the. And then yeah, it, this yeah. I have. Yeah. But you don't have the previous two pages ever? Mm-mm. Wow. Well, take this. Look at it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> really quick. Think of something cool to say. So last night, I was at Nikki Glazer. She talked about than, her vagina. <laughs> but that's different than the digital version, too, because the digital version presents at its two separate pages. So you get the, where Bruce is on top and then the second one. Where she's on top. Well, that makes sense because any way you turn your tablet, it's going to autocorrect. Not if the you orientation. locked it like me because I'm so Oh, you actually have to read it, it upside yeah. down. I didn't know there was a thing for that because I read books. With pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I have a stack of my non-picture books right here. Someday. As we call them chapter books <laughs> in school. <laughs> and I haven't touched them yeah. because it's easier to read Batman. <laughs> That was me stretching, not pooping my pants, just so you know. <laughs> Could be both. You know, reaching for the comic book. When he finds the imposter's lair, we see Batman picking locks and looking for evidence. He picks up a gun, but it isn't until the sound comes from behind him that we realize those gloves on the gun don't belong to our hero. He's shot without hesitation, and the two Batmans fight it out until police arrive. Batman is stunned. How did they find him so fast? He escapes to the street and steals a car. Doesn't get far as the blood loss is affecting his vision and crashes the car. In this scene you just described, we get another super close-up of the imposter Batman's mouth. It's true. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a giveaway. He's got a smirk for sure. That's show. a great yeah. giveaway. 
He really gets his butt kicked in this. Yeah. Batman gets a thumb in the eyeball. He's a finger in the booty ass bitch. Yep. <laughs> I like that though. No, that, I, I it, do like it. It's a, the, that's um, a thumb in the butt pro for me. Thumb in the butt, thumb in the eye. I like them both. Hopefully not in that order. You no, might get an infection. Yeah. Yep. One in the stink and one in the eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> you know that old move. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey, you wanted more romance. This is what you got. <laughs> romance, huh? Okay. I really like this because this this places this Batman really again in a like more this. realistic universe. Yeah. Where even though he is extremely skilled in fighting and strategy and tactics, other people are also. Yeah. So someone who is like an elite guy who also is looks like to be much larger and stronger than him. Yeah. Who's like ex-military. Like, hey, this guy's twenty percent bigger than me and black. I wonder who it could be. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, no, he's white. <laughs> they would immediately know there's two Batmans if he wasn't white. Oh. It's just this artist. The style. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> now actually, racist. what if it actually was a black guy or something? And like, <laughs> no one like, noticed that. Why part? does he look different this all of a strange. sudden? <laughs> but seeing him get his ass kicked by the imposter Batman, yeah, is great because it just shows like the level of threat he's working with, but also his skill level that this is someone he has to contend with, and he's sort of holding yeah. his own, but he's at a big disadvantage. We're recently watching the. John Wick series mm -hmm. and it's like the same kind of thing you know this dude is legendary everybody knows who he is he's a, super skilled but that also doesn't mean that he like gets away untouched all the time yeah. and there's lots of times where you'll see him against somebody who actually seems like a rival he's just more tenacious or quicker to find something to use to his advantage or something like that. But there are like many times where you actually think that maybe these people are peers. Straight but, skill level, yeah. Yeah, like just better. straight across, maybe if they were both healthy or something like that. Well, and a like size that. advantage in this case too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. To call back to our first season, I constantly referenced Lethal Weapon and that's sort of... Danny Glover being a giant man? No, no. Like they would put rigs in these situations where there's these big action shootouts and all this stuff, but then eventually he would have to face off hand-to-hand, -hand, maybe the top lieutenant or something. Um, you know, it's not the big bad, but close to the it. The dragon, you know, as we say in fiction. Yeah, he would have to fight this dude, like Soul of the Dragon, and uh, wait, is that what? No, sorry. No, the wizard is the big bad. The dragon is the wizard's right-hand guy who's more the physical threat. And the sleeve of wizard is? <laughs> okay. Thumb in the eye, my Got friend. It. Thumb in the butt, thumb in the eye. That's where my mind went as a guy that he had Batman qualities in that Riggs, he had more tenacity than anyone else. He could get beat horribly, like mm -hmm. worse than Bruce Willis, worse than any action mm -hmm. here you've seen, get just destroyed, his fucking shoulder out of socket and all this fucking shit, and shot and all these things, and nothing could break his spirit, sort uh -huh. of. you know. And that's sort of a Batman quality in that, much like John Wick, he can outthink you in some of these situations, but he also has that undying willpower. The perseverance. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. He'll get back up when other people won't. Mm -hmm. He'll pull off his trousers and then make a new whoa, bat whoa. hood out of it and wrap oh, around his head. Tie it on his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll go like to a Raphael. diner and get a We call it a jock strap. Jock strap? I, I, yeah. Ben and I weren't, all over weren't it. jocks yeah. in high school like you were, man. I don't, <laughs> know, what you're talking, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> no, he, I thought that was a One Dark Night callback and it was tying the thing to his head. It was. They say we call it a jock strap. I like that, yeah. Okay. Can fucking, you cut that? 
together in a way that makes the whole thing sound natural. <laughs> All right, guys, let me say the joke again. Uh, Give me the setup. He escapes to the street, steals a car. We talked about this, crashes the car. Wong, meanwhile, is in the car. She hears this on the police scanner and remembers his network of zip lines that are in this area. She says, he'll never catch him like that. And then we don't see where she goes. When Batman makes it to the first rooftop, a police chopper spots him and shoots him in the back, just on sight. Batman falls to his knees as Wong approaches, saying, show me your hands. Bruce reveals his face and says, Batman doesn't kill people. Visibly shaken, of course, Wong presses him. But it was you in the street, though. You took Flanagan, right? Bruce says, put me down or let me go, and walks off. He destroys the suit in an alley, dressing much like Battinson in the first scene of the Batman film. And then he goes to sleep in a pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah, hides yeah. out for a while. Keaton style. <laughs> Beetlejuice? <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mom. Yeah, I, I think that what he's doing makes sense, but I also like that he has open wounds and then he goes and lays in the trash pile. There's going to be like rats feeding on his <laughs> wounds and bugs crawling in. Yeah, now they have what he a, gets for rat catcher, man. Yeah, mm, well, true. now they have a vendetta against him too. Was it Rat, King? Was it rat King in Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Rat King in that uh, the rat catcher the, in the, uh, the Suicide Squad. The big uh, head inside the robot body. That's Rat King. That's and then crying. Baxter Stockman yeah. was the ninja guy with the metal mask. Stop what you're doing. What about the, tri the triceratops? The triceratops, guy, the triceratops, that's Leonardo. Somebody at home is losing their mind from this blaspheming. You dorks shouldn't take this so seriously. Well, then Master Splinter was the bald guy in the wheelchair who could move things with his mind. Okay, just so you guys know, Ben's home address is... <laughs> <laughs> Leslie sees the news on TV and picks up the phone to report him. But again, she can't do it. God damn you, Bruce Wayne, as she thinks of his face as a young child. You kicked me so good. <laughs> no, Leslie. <laughs> I can't, I can't you don't know you. who else he's kicked. Oh, yeah. You Sorry, probably kicked I'm, her I'm, also. I'm, on the, I'm on the next page. <laughs> Defiant oppositional personality disorder. Yeah, there you go. My bad, my bad. On the next page, Blair Wong thinks to herself, two times, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Bruce Wayne is Batman. She flips it. Batman is Bruce Wayne. Bruce ah, Wayne is Batman. There you go. And then there is an imposter. She remembers their romance. She remembers the kick to the stomach and also thinks to herself, damn you. And I like that both of these occur in a single page. And again, if you were reading on paper, they're both juxtaposed right next to each other. Mm -hmm. I like that. Bruce finally arrives at Leslie's apartment saying that therapy is over. She would have turned him in weeks ago, but can't. She knows he's doing the right thing on some level. When she counters that he could put in this time and energy into doing good as Bruce Wayne, he acts as if it's not the first time he's heard it before, which I like because the writer is, uh, I believe, standing up for the fans in this case. It's a logical question, but it's one we get tired of. He asks, if I could give away those billions, don't you think I would have? Explains that he's basically on a fixed income trust and has certain access, but he doesn't want that. Clearly, a guy who doesn't have a butler, doesn't value these things, has no connection to his company. He really doesn't give a fuck about that and would, I genuinely believe, this Batman would give a great percentage of that away. Sure, yeah. Billions upon billions. Another parallel with the Batman, Batman, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. A similar feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's like that trailer clip from the funeral scene where, you know, you could be doing more for this city. The woman running for mayor there. Mm -hmm. And um, Leslie says... 
you are more than your money. You are more than your parents' death. She's great in this because she is the Alfred of this story. It's a good scene. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. In a in a very like, but from a more outside objective. Well, because this is the first time they've interacted mm-hmm. with her, knowing that he's Batman. Yeah. So we're saying the beginning of that, but that's a really good foil. Yeah. How how interesting. Because in sort of a Rachel Dawes way of like, I've known you your whole life, and now I'm finding out you're uh-huh. this person. Mm-hmm. But I like it a lot in this particular relationship because it's rooted in his psychology, you know? Which he knows from the beginning. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everything about this story, I think what makes it compelling is that it's character-driven, and the people that they've chosen to surround him with are all either in opposition or support of his choices. And every action that these characters take ultimately reveals something, it mirrors something about his character. Yeah. Like it's a very good point of view driven story. I like the pictures. (laughs) Batman recalls the insignia on the rifle at the imposter's lair, the one that shot him. It was from a bus that he and Gordon made together. The imposter had access to this evidence. He must have. It was a man named the Squid. (laughs) (laughs) He's also trained, and he has a motive for taking down the criminals and pinning it on the vigilante, Batman. He wakes up Blair in her bedroom, who instantly draws a gun. He tells her, the imposter is a cop. Which, if you're sound asleep, and you just hear a stranger in your bedroom... Like, the first sound you hear is, the imposter is a cop. Like, what the? Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck! Um, Creep. Good way yeah, to almost need, get shot I yet again. I need a again. little shoulder shake and some soft words. <laughs> hey, I don't know. if, if sweetheart. If, if Batman, if you live alone and, and Batman is touching your shoulder going, hey. <laughs> this Batman does not talk right still alive. Yeah, I th- okay, do a Pattinson Batman voice then. Hey. I, I need to know player. who took a gun from the Loman bust. <laughs> I can't get into the GCPD as Batman. That's, that's more upsetting. <laughs> I like the scene in V for Vendetta where he kills the doctor lady. Of course you would oh, like that. Right. You love killing. Yeah, yeah. That's as a why. person who hates needles, I also love that scene. It's great. Yeah, I prefer if I could get all of my shots while asleep <laughs> and then somebody would tell me that I've received them once I woke that would be out and give me a rose that would be perfect um, but I like oh so pretty because I, I it makes sense this would be like angry voice Batman but I still always prefer like a Batman that silently steps out of the shadows and whispers things yeah. you know like so yeah, he could be like the imposter is a cop. Or well, I mean, I don't, could, or I don't see anything in this that implies that he's. I don't mean like it's aggressive and loud. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. mean like he's doing the little thing. No, I think he's just yeah. doing like a. I need to know who took a gun from the just like you're a, convoying Kevin. it. Yes, exactly. Hey, yeah. what were you dreaming about? I, I definitely see him as the Pattinson version, which is very much a Keaton version, which is. I just can't do it. It's too subtle. I can't do that. It's a nuanced thing. They're very good at I it. I need to know who took a gun from the Loman bust. I'm definitely American. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely American. <laughs> Skeptical, Blair does not back down, even when he removes his cowl. Because at first she's like, kind of like, okay, I don't know which Batman I'm talking to, though. 
takes off the cowl, says, it doesn't matter what you think of me because the guy we're hunting is a serial killer, all right? He compares his own motivation to Blair's saying, I know that some part of you understands what I'm doing. I love these characters together, man. Yeah. They're so good. Back in the evidence room, Blair dusts the squid rifle for Prince. Hatcher comes in and asks what she's doing. Just following up on a lead. It's probably nothing. And then outlines a plan to bait Batman to meet her on the rooftop while Hatcher can get the drop on him. In the next scene, she does meet Batman on the roof, telling him she found Prince and they're in a safe place. Just then, a red laser dot appears on her back. Hatcher shot Blair instead. I was not expecting that. I was not either. I thought that was like a holy fuck, what? I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always, always hoping for the worst. You know what would make this scene perfect? <laughs> if this Let's stupid kill shit the good got guy. shot. I, no, I didn't think that. I just thought like that's the right move. But I had legitimate fear and tension of like, why do you oh, hate women? I hope she's not dead. Let me finish. I hope she's not dead. So he can torture her. Yeah, <laughs> I, hope, I hope that right, she no, it's, the, it's the correct. <laughs> so, so she can get a face back. It's the correct move in the scene for maximum shock <laughs> yeah. and tension. Yeah. And I, How I, dare I, the I, both of you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot about way. anatomy, but I don't know what the chances of survival are getting shot in your like very first vertebrae. He just slightly missed. Or Bruce threw one of those little uh, knives. <laughs> yeah, he like <laughs> he altered the trajectory of the bullet from that was shot from behind you him. You paint me as a misogynist the way God painted me ugly. And I don't, <laughs> I don't appreciate this. You mean accurately? <laughs> In shocking, vivid detail. <laughs> All right. Now, Blair is dangling from the ledge here. Not she's paralyzed. Pulled <laughs> she's pulled up to safety by Batman, but he is shot in the process. He leaves himself exposed. Huh? I'm not that person. Okay. Nope. I'm not that guy. There's nope. a joke those, there. Those aren't my kind of jokes. There's a joke there. Hatcher appears as Batman, and they both fight once again. Blair shoots Hatcher three times, but his armor endures. As he puts the gun to her head, the real Batman catches him in the eye with a batarang. Hatcher is now unmasked, dangling from the ledge himself, when Batman grabs his hand, saying, you're going to die in prison. It's a very Conroy line. Batman fractured his skull. Yeah, that x-ray shot is... Wow, that reminds me of like Mortal Kombat or something. Yeah, seriously, fatality. <laughs> like the last two or three Mortal Kombat games have moves when in a fight, it's like a power move. Yeah. That where you like, they'll get hit in the head or slammed on the ground and it zooms in and goes x-ray of like. The anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, that organ just burst. You couldn't still be going, but it looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me think of when we did review the Suicide Squad you guys were like, oh, my God, this gnarly shot was so disgusting. And I was like, how about that part where the glass pierced his heart and we see it on the inside? And you guys are like, that didn't bother me at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, violence is cool. I agree. I, re I really hated the part where the, the things came out of that giant star's armpits. Yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst part of the whole movie. That movie's inappropriate for all audiences. NC-17. <laughs> yeah. In the toughest, most Marv from Sin City shit I've ever seen, Hatcher takes the batarang out of his own eye, again dangling from the ledge, and stabs Batman's helping hand. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is Batman. He You're rips right. it out yeah, of yeah. his own 
face stabs him with it instead because it's yep. double-edged. And the only time he exclaimed is when he got hit in the eye in the first spot. Yeah. After that, he's like silent other than just to respond. Yeah. Speaking of Sin City, he's like Elijah, yeah. that sick fucking yeah. silent Kevin yeah. character. And then he falls to his death much like every 80s villain. I like that, though. It's awesome. And again, another uh, great also, shot of the scale of the city. Yeah. How far he's falling down onto the rooftop below. It's very Nicholson with the Anton first like city below. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or uh, Alan Rickman in Harry oh, yeah. Potter. And, <laughs> yes, who could forget? <laughs> oh, this is <laughs> in Harry Potter. Oh, my gosh. This is cool. I didn't notice it before. But... How? How? Be Kanye, Mr. Potter. What? He's like, how can I follow yeah, that? Yeah. On that same page, the border of the panel actually gets thinner and thinner as it goes mm. down. Like my hairline. Uh, yeah, as it goes down. No, that's really cool. And then ending in the wide shot of Batman yeah. from below looking down at him. Show me the page. Think. Yes, yeah. both of you at the same time. Show yeah. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. About the Zoom in. Got one for each eye. Yeah, yeah. Is a thinner. Oh, it gets yeah, thinner yeah. and thinner until it doesn't have a white As it's border. dropping out of your yeah. eye line. Blair climbs to her feet, again having been shot, places Batman under arrest. This impressed me because he concedes, lets himself be cuffed, says, you know, I had these rules, but it wasn't enough. I was wrong. Finally, he asks... But do you really think this city would be better without me? And I can't tell because of their connection. I can't tell if he's being sincere or if this is another manipulation. But the last panel of this scene, you see the cuffs on the ground. She let him go. Maybe he's testing her like like to, to see what she will do. Uh, like, I think I felt like, like you know, because Batman could probably get out of handcuffs. If she was intent on handcuffing him, that would be like an answer. I read it more as he was open to her judgment. I believe that, but there's still a part of me like the Wong character that before she goes into this meeting on the rooftop, she's going, okay, well, he did say this. Well, but then he did that, and he did this. Now he's manipulating you. Then but he, he is telling this. you the truth. Then he did that. You know, then and the sort the, of this, back and forth. Then he did that. Then he I'm just saying I, I relate to her mindset in that of kind of trying to retrace your steps. And like, how do you objectively see what happened when trust is gone? And so I lean towards he's being sincere, but there's also enough evidence that he's been playing her. Well, there's too much to doubt raise a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's a reasonable doubt. That final panel is awesome, but I actually prefer the panel in the scene before at the top of the page. They're in silhouette, and she's pointing the gun at him. Mm -hmm. You see the city skyline with like a pink sky mm -hmm. and you know what moon or the sun or something in the background that's just the batman all those sunrise shots yeah. in the tower yes oh. fuck yeah. it's not orange in this one it's pink but it's still nice it's the same kind of feeling yeah from a hospital bed blair wong watches the aftermath on tv whatever legacy he was building she thinks has been lost to this imposter though he was caught it may be impossible to ever discern which crimes were committed by the batman and which crimes committed by the imposter. In any case, she worries that he's creating more monsters all the while. Cut to Arnold Wesker, and Batman appears from the shadows. Arnold asks, are you here to kill my father? Cut back to Leslie, who hears a knock at the door. It's Arnold. He says that he was sent by a friend, and hands her a note. 
with only the bat symbol drawn on it. She invites him inside. I love this. The final epilogue, Bruce lays flowers at the graves of Thomas and Martha Wayne, Mike and Nina Wong, and finally, Otis Flanagan. I was very touched by this. Yeah. And, and he places roses on his parents' grave and Mike and Nina Wong and spits on Otis <laughs> Flanagan's grave. I wish I could punch you in punch the other in the face again. There's four panels of him peeing. <laughs> You're like rats, huh? No, um, I thought both of these final two scenes were so perfect. Like, again, a glimpse of the Conroy Batman here. Kind of like how the film actually ends, too, that, okay, I'm talking vengeance to the extent that they are nicknaming me vengeance this Mm -hmm. entire movie, and now I'm realizing that there's more than that. So, yeah, it mirrors the film in this way. I really like that depiction of ventriloquist, too. Just That's a great... That's the kind of thing that, like, movies either nail or usually fuck up where like they introduce the character or you know, the perfect example is Cassandra Cain in Birds of Prey we're like <laughs> we're gonna do our own version of the character and it's just nothing like, no that's just someone else yeah just a completely different person where this is like a very different it's not an old bald white guy yeah but like all the beats are there yeah and it fits in this world well it makes me wonder because you know we don't know who the villains are gonna be in the second film but when I read this I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And like, he's getting this guy help before he becomes that guy. Yeah. So in my mind, there's a great chance he never becomes that guy. That's what I would see. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's a sick part of me that's like, but I want him to become that guy so we can see him in the movie. He'll be played by Walton Goggins. <laughs> I can see it right now. Wait, who's that guy? That name's familiar. Walton Goggins, he was in, uh, he's Uncle Baby Billy in Righteous Gemstones. He was in The Shield. I don't watch the movies you watch. He was in Justified. He was in Django and Shade. He's a fantastic actor. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Imagine him with that show haircut. me, show me. This guy. Mm. Yeah, that's a good pick. Mm. He just showed me a picture of a penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great pick, guys. So imagine, just imagine there's a little less. Yeah, I'm in a great choice, not a great <laughs> photo. Any Easter eggs that we didn't talk about? I kind of didn't write them down. I don't think that I saw any. Pros. Because we didn't talk about it all that much. I mean, we did. Just the, Batman's dick. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, wrong book. Yeah, wrong the, book. Um, the art and the art style in this. Yeah. And the color palette. As we were going over it again, now it reminded me of the special version of year one with even more mm. dramatic, like purples and oranges and yellows and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But also of One Dark Knight, of like the way people are drawn in this. They all look real. Even though they're kind of abstract, they all look like real people. Like a lot of them are not necessarily good looking. And they emote and you yeah, sort of feel for them. Each person looks kind of different from the one before it. Yes. It's almost like Ralph Bashke stuff from the past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where it was, I, I doubt that that's what it is. Or the way that Alex Ross actually uses photo reference. Yeah. You know? And I know that a lot of people do that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But this almost feels like they could be real people and then just stylized I guarantee slightly. you that's Michael Malley. Somebody somebody <laughs> ask him and see. <laughs> I Go like a con, man. Get to I the like bottom of it. The way that the color palette can be like muddy at times. Like it's cool and colorful, but also looks kind of dirty, especially in the way that on Bruce's beat up face and then on like Otis's face, mm-hmm. the 
colors go really well together, mm. like the skin tone into the black Blue eye star. and stuff like that. It all yeah. like, especially when he first shows up, all the way that those colors work well together make for like very battered skin tones. Yeah, it's cool. Love that battered skin. <laughs> yeah, like KFC. It, uh, battered, <laughs> dipped, <laughs> fried. This is a great Batman story. Yeah, for yeah. being very original and a different take on it. Still feels like a Batman story. Yeah. Doesn't feel like some kind of weird... And, and a lot of this, too, is like what I talked about in the beginning of if I didn't like this Bruce Wayne, if he was just a little... I mean, he's, he already kind of sucks, but if he was a little <laughs> worse, he would be unlikable, and then it wouldn't really be uh, the Batman we know. It would be like, what if Batman was a bad guy mm -hmm. and he didn't realize it kind of story, which this isn't. Although there's elements of that, this isn't that. Yeah. It's not a black and white Batman story, which is cool. Like, we're getting people questioning his choices. We're seeing him question his own choices. We're seeing consequences of his actions. But it's not a white knight where the ultimate conclusion is, I should stop being this guy. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right. And I will do more of those things. But much like the film, like, I have the power to do what most people can't in that I can be two people. Uh -huh. You know? I can do completely different good in completely different ways at the same time i know that um that batman being good or bad is like a perspective thing yeah. but has anybody ever done something where batman actually is being a bad guy but he's like tricking himself in his head imagining that everything that he's doing is actually good guy stuff. I mean, I think of Azrael when you describe that, but but you mean actual like a story where Bruce Wayne is like, being batman but He's actually like hallucinating, like he's imagining oh. scenarios where he pictures that it's going this way, but he's actually like it is happening harming. the way it is, but he just sees it as him being a good guy when everyone else sees it as him not being a good guy. Like he isn't actually perceiving reality because you could say that that's exactly what's going on already. Batman imagines that he's doing just stuff, and everybody mm, else is yeah. like, "Dude, you're being very mean." But actually, in like a like Harley, he in, has a dissociative the, break. He's yeah, he's, yeah, like he's actually people who are not criminals and he thinks they are. Or something yeah, like yeah. Some, he's uh -huh. actually visualizing it being totally different. I think that's sort of taking the Dark Knight to another level because in the Dark Knight, the killings continue with the Joker because he won't reveal his identity and he's extra dug in going like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, you see all those cops like, no more dead cops. He should turn himself in and all this shit. And he's willing, that the point of that movie at the end is that he's willing to be the villain that everyone hates knowing that he did the right thing even if no one else can appreciate mm. it. I know. think Last Night on Earth had story moments like that. Uh, but then it's revealed to be like a... Uh, porn. No, it's, oh, revealed, it's revealed to be like a trick. Or not a trick, but they were keeping him encased or encaged or something like that in some kind of future thing. Mm. But the whole setup is like, no, you're delusional. None of this is real. You think you're a superhero. You think you're doing this. Mm -hmm. That would make sense because I don't remember much about that book other than it being fucking bonkers. So like, yeah. <clears throat> that would explain why it's so weird. Yeah, and then like a, a hologram of Alfred says like, why do you want to escape this reality so badly? Well, okay, and that's when he goes in the desert with the Joker's head. Or Got it. It's strange. Then hologram Alfred starts doing a Tupac song. <laughs> Shows up at Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For my pros, I just want to reiterate, it's Tomlin nailed the character. And again, the way that they cover it from all angles and every interaction is really a 
again, either in support of or in great contrast with this character, asks hard questions of him throughout the story and ultimately, I think, endorses his ideals by the end of it. But it doesn't shy away from the damage that he does at the same time. So for me, it's all character. I love the vibe visually, but character. I like, too, that there aren't any throwaway characters like anybody they who, keep throwing people off rooftops yeah, but other than that yeah, yeah yeah no i just mean that people who aren't significant like don't even get mentioned yeah they don't even like get screen time yeah, yeah. when they're introducing the cop squad mm-hmm. it's like bing bang boom and then you never see those people again you know <laughs> yeah. uh, or, uh only the one guy who actually is significant or yeah. you have some people who get a cameo but it's significant and then it's not anymore Yeah, it's relevant to that scene, and there's no need to keep his ass around. Totally. And you could say that Wesker and his son, but still the whole redemption thing at the end, and if this is a potentially a setup for something, and then still Wesker being the face of the corporations and stuff. And like there's mentions of Sionis, like, oh, okay, we know Black Mask exists in this. Oh, and then there's a little shot of him, but there's no... It's almost just that world building stuff, so you yeah, get yeah. a bigger picture of it without wasting time well, showing it. Yeah, he's you a know great, the penguin. Well, yeah, well, and Sionis is a great choice because he's also like an industrialist, mm-hmm. so that fits the theme of these other mm-hmm. characters that play in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you introduce him as like, oh, another big money interest in Gotham, and he's not really part of the story, but it's appropriate to talk about him for a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cons, I want to start with Evan. I don't know that I have any. Ben. My only con is that some of those fight scenes are just a little hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Where I think Batman versus the imposter, it looked like it was just Batman getting the shit kicked out of him. But I wasn't sure. And I don't think I was supposed to be supposed to be confused about it. Yeah. I think it was just a, a little confusing to follow. You know, we talked about one dark night, and I was very complimentary of the darkness in that book. It was used in a very creative way, even when you can't see what's going on. That's the point. And I think there are moments in this where the heavy inks get a little out of hand to the point where I'm having to slow down and be like, okay, what the f- Okay, uh, yeah, I got it, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or Um, his, like, the page layouts and the panels are interesting, but sometimes they're confusing. The way the layouts tell the story is very interesting, but yeah, there's a couple moments where you're like, wait, There's some right-to-left stuff, which is (laughs) not a Western thing, which is confusing. Yeah. But like one of I don't like that crap. (laughs) Keep that manga out of it. This is America. When he jumps through the waterfall, because in the scene prior, the wall is on the left and he's on the right in the picture. Mm-hmm. So then in the next scene when it shows him jumping through, he's jumping from right to left. Yeah. But you're seeing three different shots of him like in mid-roll in one panel. Mm-hmm. But it's confusing because it's going from right to left. It just like screwed with my brain for a moment. <laughs> the camera flipped and <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't get it. Did he start crouched and then jump up in like a flying eagle pose? or? Uh, no, I remember he uh, jumps in front of the lightning with his fist punched out. Ahead of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So people could see him. Exactly. Just in case there's anybody in the room. Like, yeah! <laughs> oh, oh! That's awesome. Nobody's here. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I'll add is that I think we talked about this in something else recently where the reveal is a character who is inconsequential. He's not oh. anyone you necessarily know anything about. What was I that? wouldn't necessarily put this in the cons. And the reason I wouldn't necessarily is because it's such a Bruce Wayne character study. Hush. 
No, it was more recent. No, than it's that. when it was like the little mechanic guy. Turns out he was involved, and then Hush shoots him or something. Or oh yeah, that was the thing. I can't remember. There was some recent one that we did. Anyhow, yeah, I think there's a line between like, "Ha ha, gotcha! You didn't see that coming," and how would I have ever imagined that? <laughs> Who are you? This is the first yeah. time. Yeah, this is the first time yeah. that I'm seeing Fred. How would I have known that? I yeah. thought I thought Hatcher was perfect. I mean, again, to the point where they, you know, Batman screams his name, and I was like, "That's that guy's name." And I had to go back and look, like, "Oh yeah, they said it two or three times, I guess." But he's such a background character; it didn't even register to me. It's well done. I think that falls on the line of good, not and it, bad. It's and it doesn't matter. Ultimately, who the imposter is doesn't matter because all it is is about Batman's quest and the pros and cons of it, essentially. Yeah, this isn't a mystery about who the imposter is. It's not. And if it were the long Halloween type story, I would definitely, this would be a strong con. But it doesn't matter as much in this context. However, I think it's worth mentioning that it's like, and it's that guy. Like, all right. I like it. Even though we only see little bits of him, mm -hmm. everything about him we see supports the reveal of him as it. Yeah. Even though it's, it's more like a thing that you really appreciate when you read it again. See, what I do like mm -hmm. is when we go back and reread a scene like that interrogation with Otis and he leaves the gun exposed. I'm like, okay, there's definitely little things here and there where that's good storytelling, yep. you know? And it, on second read too, I could totally see how some panels are like, oh, you're pointing out this character on purpose. I just, mm -hmm. I just didn't notice it the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in general too, I really, part of it is just being short but I really like that I could read a three-issue thing mm -hmm. that is awesome versus something that takes twice as long and is not. Me and th thank you for yeah. doing a good job in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I love the short runs for sure. When, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm used to having the runs for extended. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, you, so, uh, yeah. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah. Disgusting. One star. I wanted to listen Perfect to this segue. with my entire family. Perfect you know? segue. Rating. <laughs> Five stars. Wow. I love this book. I had I'm a great so time impressed. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going to print this out and frame it. <laughs> oh, my God. You Put know it on the fridge. I should probably knock it down now. <laughs> um... Evan, you had no cons, which no, no. is my criteria for I'll go with, I'll go with the five. This isn't my favorite. Bandwagon. No. Okay. <laughs> Get your yeah, own yeah, yeah. Come up with your 4.75. Um, <laughs> I love when people will post a fucking movie review like, I just saw Shazam and I give it a 7.15. I'm like, where? Okay. M math. I need you to <laughs> I need you to break down your criteria and how you actually came what to that. What gave it that point one five? Yeah, pretend yeah, pretend you're in kindergarten and you only have Five stars. Yeah. You can't cut one. <laughs> yeah, this isn't my favorite art style, but everything else about it was so good. And it is unique, so it yeah. doesn't matter. It still is great. Yeah. I'm four and a half on it. I think it's really, really good. This is the third time You're I've so read it. You're so cynical. You don't appreciate the work that goes into the yeah, stories. Yeah, you know how hard <laughs> it is to... Uh, what did you call me? A nitpicker. Oh, okay, just clarifying. Nut liquor. <laughs> Big fan of it when it came out. Big fan of it when the hardcover came out and read it again. Big fan of it again now. Great stuff. Check it out now that you know everything that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you think in the comments. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. <laughs> Smash that bell, guys. I find your ideas intriguing and wish to subscribe to your newsletter. You can follow us on TikTok. <laughs> Except you can't. Just dances. 
Yeah. We should have a TikTok that's just Ben dancing. <laughs> All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. The Imposter is a favorite of mine. The Batman by Matt Reeves is a favorite of mine. And again, if you like these both, check out the ongoing miniseries by Paul Dano. It's called The Riddler Year One. Highly recommended. Book number five just came out, I believe, and there will be a total of six. So maybe we'll cover that one in the future. Shout out to Troy Baker and Tara Strong for absolutely killing it on their little voice recordings for us. That was a really fun time at Washington Summer Con. As always, we appreciate your five-star rating and review. Just takes a second, helps us out a lot. We will return to DC Black Label with an unusual retelling of The Joker and Harley. It's criminal sanity. Oh, Thomas Jarrett said hi.